Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to our new voice. Happy to share another episode of A Beautiful Heart, sharing what they've come to see and understand as the lens of life. Today I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Gordon Kinlan. Uh, we have beautiful history that's allowed us both to see so much more about life and each other. So conversation with Gordon is always an excavation tool. So I'm grateful for the time. And today we're just going to answer those questions that we've been asking everyone. And, and Gordon comes in around 49, is it Gordon? Exactly. So Gordon's coming in at 49. So he's got a, a bird's eye view of the 40s. And he's coming into a, a new version of his own, you know, determination and focus and will and God's work. Let's say good morning. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Madeline. How are you? Glad to be here. Thanks. Nice to see you. So, yeah, so we're talking about gender to start. We're using these conversations to build the foundation of awareness between the generations. And so when we ask these questions, it's just like an overview of what it is that kind of informed you about who you are here. So the first question is, how are you informed about your gender? There was never any question in my case so much. I mean, it wasn't even like a, it was just a fact. I looked down, I had a PP. They told me, you know, nobody said I was anything, but there was no, there was no question of it being other than me being a boy. I wore, you know, I love this. I love to hearken back now that I'm getting to be an old man, but we had animals. We had boy clothes and, you know, I did play with a Barbie. My mom was kind of hip, like she didn't want me to, to have to, you know, obey only gender stereotypes. I played with some dolls. I did, I was definitely, I, I took ballet for a year when I was in kindergarten or preschool or something. So I definitely had a little bit of an exposure and I was raised mostly by my mom. So that sort of helped me not have a strict gender identity that was very bossy or, I mean, manly or whatever those kind of, you know, bu bully, you know, I didn't really have that. I didn't really have that training. All right. So then you were able to kind of know you were a boy and then just sort of live it like you're a boy, but with an influence of a soft mom, because you didn't necessarily get anybody telling you that boys had to be a certain way, kind of just for the way you were. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think about it, too. That's kind of helped me be open, you know, be open to a lot of things, but also be sure of who I am. Yeah, yeah, I can see how that's how you are, too, as a person who knows you, you know what I mean? You kind of bring that balance into the conversation, you know? All right, so then from there, as you kind of grew and you were in relationships, how did it come through? How did you kind of you know, create your character in relationships as far as the man you were and what did you learn in the life school of relationships? Okay, well, I did have a dad and he was there mostly for 
sideline advice. You know, not really active parenting, but more like sideline advice. But it was safe? Like you felt safe? Nothing was safe. Nothing was really safe. We kept everything to ourselves. I, you know, really the way I developed my own sexuality was through, uh, through magazines because we didn't have the internet. And I, I literally just started acquiring magazines by, you know, hook and crook any way I could. And I made a, as I call it, a cigarette of smut in my trundle underneath bed that my mother pretended to pay no attention to. And therefore, it's like, it's like the undercarriage is like I have an undercarriage of the things that I value that no one will. Larry Flint, Bob Guccione, Al Goldstein, of course, Hugh Hefner, which is, and these, these things that I grow to learn are actually part of a greater agenda. You know, when you look at who these guys are and who, who Hugh Hefner was and, you know, like the backstory on these guys, it's really about the, the, the sullying of the imagination, the sullying of the skillfulness of being human. You know, to be a sexual and connected human being is to be a god, is to be someone who knows their divinity. And none of these magazines, no matter how good the interviews might have been in Playboy, <laughs> were instructing us divine creatures in our uh, high calling. Gordon, I want to reveal something. I, I, I just... I'm so called to say this out loud, so I'm going to reveal it to you. When we were girls, one of my mom's husbands had books like that, you know, had the Playboy books, and we hadn't seen them beforehand, right? And there's three girls, and at this point, what are we maybe like 12, 11, 9, and 8? Like, you know, we're, only, we're really close in age, and we find these magazines. And so now you don't know anything other than what you're watching on TV, you know, little Starsky and Hutch, some cartoons, you know, Laverne and Shirley, you know, you're just getting like a basic feed. You're listening to country Western music. My first, my first class in Yiddish. Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, so, I mean, that's all you're living and you're just kind of like hanging out like, yeah, hey, what's going on? You know, you haven't necessarily fully reached puberty yet, but you know, something's changing. You see yourself changing. You find these magazines, right? And I remember my sisters and I trying to find outfits and things like that to look like the girls in the magazine and lay down on beds and things and try to do what they were doing. And like, when I think about that now, I'm like, I cannot believe we did that. And it was such a shameful thing. Like we kind of knew we were doing something bad. So that kind of gave it a little energy, you know what I mean? Because it's weird as shit. Because all of a sudden you're like, why am I laying like this girl? Like, you know, yeah. like, I do it, but I'm trying to look like the girl in the picture. Yeah. So I've never actually revealed that to the world, but that's one of the things my sister did in exploration of what is it? You know, like, how does this part work? Like this man has these pictures. Boy, women are taking these pictures. Who are these women? Yeah, they didn't give us the tantric, you know, tantric studies or Bhagavad Gita or any of these things. We, we, we found, we found, you know, I found a little catalog at a, at a playground, you know, and this is in, we've got to be 1978 or something little kind of you know sex toy catalog with with i don't i don't even know if they had vhs back then but they had reels and stuff and they would sit you know and this was the this is the sort of weird porn world of, of back then and we yeah you know, oh my god like this is where inevitably where this conversation goes for a lot of us is that is the infiltration of imagery and then you and then when you get at the spiritual questions you understand why there's this talk, topic of graven imagery and trying to represent God and you don't do it because you can't do it. And 
you know, and why virginity and marriage and these are saintly things, but we always just wanted to buck. And I can see my daughter, my daughter wanted to buck against it all too. Like, you make no sense. I just want to go have fun. I see all the imagery and we've planted the imagery out there for them to feed, you know, for the children to feed down and, and then go through their own, you know, splattered growing up and then come back, hopefully to wholeness. God help us all. Yeah, there does seem to be like a contraction and expansion that comes with the human experience where children are so held so tight for a section of time and, you know, you lay down what you lay down and you do your best and you keep it real with them. But then they have this like opening up of themselves and they're taking in all the information that's at that stomach. And I guess for me as a parent, I don't even know what they're taking in because I'm not exposed to what they're exposed to in the same way. And when I try to get exposed to it, I'm like, how long do I have to do this for? Like, this is ridiculous. So, you know, you don't recognize how accustomed we are to our own vibration and our own information, our own voices that we listen to, the music we listen to. So that's another way that the children kind of are working through in a paradigm that we're a little foreign to. Definitely. And it's at the end of their fingertips. And I'm not even going to pretend that I'm going to, you know, and they might, yeah, they might be more progressive than us because I do see them becoming more conscious of the sexuality and the addictions and the consciousness. Like I do recognize that there are a more emotionally sovereign characters. Yeah, they've been they've they've had to educate and they've had to deal like with their you know they, everybody knows everything now and so they in the fifties they wanted it all to be you know Wally and Bieber and Cleaver and and now it's like well everything's out there and everybody knows everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a faster process, let's put it that way. And hopefully it happens in, you know, it, it, in proximity to family so that we can, you know, anyway, I just can't even believe we made it this far, Madeline. I'm so grateful. Me too, good. You know, one of the things I thought about today when I was getting on the phone with you is like the, the gold. Like for me, certain people just bring gold to my life and it could be a time, it could be something they said, it could be the way they make me laugh, you know, but anytime a relationship fosters more of my essence or authenticity or I feel safe, you know, that becomes what I call gold, right? And one of the things that you said to me many years ago was, you don't know what's going to happen, Croatia. You just know you have to grow closer to God no matter what's happening. Like that's what you, and then you'll know everything. And like between that and my own idea of really liking to stick to what I'm doing, even just to show consistency at some level, because the chaos I know is so consuming to the characters that has stuck with me so much. And even in this calling to this, our new voice, I'm our new voice is for everybody to make wise choices, you know, for us to share and hear and appreciate one another because that's how you grow the gold yeah and you get to those connections where it's soul stuff where you just know it yeah there's no questioning so there's no need for persuasion there's no need for validation just do it so so then in relationships with women and stuff like that what was your life school classrooms how did you do there in that class well so yeah i was telling you like my dad was on the sidelines he wasn't really inactive you know certainly wasn't telling me that a, that a woman is a holy vessel and, you know, all everybody's experiences then was like 1970s divorce and, you know, and, and debauchery. So I wasn't really taking any good advice from him. He was telling me to get action, get as much, you know, I, the resounding, you know, instruction of my youth was to get as much as I possibly could. And that Nothing was weak. timing. 
we just edited that because I don't think you can say that 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 word on TV. Thank you. But and I and I'm like, what the hell? What the hell was I thinking? And and what were they thinking? And despite that teaching, I actually settled into a fairly kind of straightforward monogamous kind of guy. Well, I liked to have a girlfriend. I had my kind of first real girlfriend as a junior in high school and she was a sophomore. Yeah, it was all about getting action and going on dates and you know buying gifts and stuff and doing all that kind of manly stuff and driving around in cars and picking her up and, you know, that stuff. And then, you know, so it was always it was always fairly fairly confusing and straightforward for me. I didn't I was never a pro. I was never a pro at it. But um, I always managed to get, get interesting women in my life all around the world. Yeah, babe. So then I, I like how you're telling the story because, you know, one of the other things that I, I pray we groom in our collective is the ability to tell the story like the place of information gathering has been. Right. Because I think sometimes when we use the emotional labor or the emotional connection, we're storytelling in ways that's activating where there's an easy way to tell the story to just share what you adjusted, what you learned, and how you groomed yourself. Like pretty much said, I came kind of skewed. I had a little bit of an obsession with the lower half, which is somewhat of a common denominator for me and a lot of my brothers. And I played it out. And then I realized I really liked safety in relationships. And I really wanted to grow a kind of person who could have those kind of relationships. And now I think I'm doing that because I have some cool relationships. Yeah, I was still, I, I still... Until I really committed myself to myself, not even to God, but literally until I had the unlock awakening, I was not capable of being in uh, a high-powered, stable relationship, uh, which is what I believe that you know men and women or couples are meant to come together to do is to you know not just create babies but create idea babies and that that conscious Kundalini connection like literally creates things out of thin air. And had they told me that back then, uh, you can create the world of your dreams out of thin air with this sort of uh, Frankenstein kind of, uh, it's not, I don't even want to say it's, it's not mad science. It's, it's divine science. Uh, when you get together with somebody you care about and you pray on the same things and you connect your, your, your souls and your bodies, magic happens. You know, nobody told me that. But I discovered that after I discovered myself that I had to follow my spirit call. So once I did that for myself, then all the other doors opened. And then that's, that's where now I can finally say that I'm in a, in a creating partnership that is learning as it goes. That's awesome. Blessed may that spread like fire. That's a good thing. All right. So I appreciate that. That's a great way to kind of up the ante and how do we maintain the clarity when we storytell? Because storytelling is really for what we learned and to bring people through a little bit of an adventure, but with laughter, you know? So I know you're good at that because you yes. make me laugh, I tell you. So the next part of the conversation that we're having in the collective is how do you maintain your, your sovereignty, your connection, your sense of truth, like your authenticity, your own voice, you know, however it resonates for you. But like, how do you take care of the instrument? Well, now that I am a grown man, <laughs> mostly, the instrument takes care of itself. 
I have learned to trust what my my gut and my intellect are offering me uh, to my lips so that I can press send with some level of confidence, even though sometimes I press send and I can't retract it. And it's like, oh shit, I just fucked some shit up and I'm going to have to pay for it for the next couple of hours. But I know that it was still good shit to fuck up if you don't mind the pardon the, the, the language is that like sometimes you're there to mess some stuff up, you know, two steps back, one step forward kind of thing. So that you can get to the things that you didn't get to before, you know, you can go into those dark corners and just dust them. So I don't know what the question was, but I, I kind of, I, I like it. I think what, what I'm hearing you say is that you kind of are able to trust the flow and trust yourself enough as an older man who's gained some wisdom and that you realize that in the unfolding, there will be chaos and you'll be the guy walking in with a six pack of beer. Like you'll be that person sometimes yeah. doing those things. And that's your script. I mean, I remember saying to a friend of mine one time, thank you, man. Like I really see how you're following cues that are hard to follow sometimes. Like, you know, and, and I've had those experiences too. And when you get friendly enough, like in my family, we laugh at it. It's like, oh, so you're being that person playing that out. All right. All right. So like, you just kind of know that that's part of what's up in the collective. And it's just each time, how do we respond? How do we meet it with, you know, understanding and compassion and grace? And because it's just popping up because it's in the bubble, but everything keeps going back down, you know, to make the new foundation. But everybody's got a little, wait, and how about, and I, it's like, all right, you know, and that's cleaning everybody, you know, it's just, it's just good for everybody. This is a little bit apropos of nothing and everything, but could I offer something or a thought? Yeah. These past two months have been so challenging for me and for the people around me and for, I believe, the whole country and for the whole world. So much has happened. My, my emotional landscape, what it is, it's been it's sort of like manscaping. It's like cleaning the leaves and the, <laughs> cleaning the twigs and the leaves and the, you know, Brow, they're plucking my brows and stuff. But, but in that, it's like finding out who I really am. And it was rough. It was really, really, it's been almost the pressure, you know, that the pressure of whatever our surroundings are, but the pressures here, uh, the emotional pressure of having so many people of not knowing what's going to happen next. And so I know that's, I don't know how that's related to gender, but it's actually, for me, there has been a lot of gender, uh, stuff happening in this. well this is the, the mission of this isn't for gender this is beginning questions to learn about each other is where i started the conversation this mission is for shared understanding between generations and to be honest about the process of becoming authentic because remember we're doing an army of divinity and we're a transparency committee you know yeah. we're the transparency committee helping to grow the army of divinity so more people are informed to who they are and why they're here amen so yeah, so I feel better. I feel a lot better now. It's, it's uh, and I hope other people do. I, I just, you know, for whatever, however far this gets out, it's just nice to connect our hearts and to share that we've all been going through a hard time and that, you know, we're here together and, you know, hopefully we'll get to see each other again. And, and who knows, maybe we won't. <laughs> and like, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, and life is everlasting. So we're lucky just to just to be here and have this conversation. And uh, I don't fear death. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but <laughs> Gordon can do that. That's part of it. It's once you press the button, you don't know where he's going to. But you know, he's taking us on a ride of magic of his own understanding. And he's a guy who pays attention, and he's not like out of 
cool experiences. So I love listening to different people when they've had different experiences than me. In that, in that world where we think that we have a voice called politics, and I might humbly offer that our great voice is here in the reality of friendships where emergency powers are going to be declared or anything like that. No, we're just humble, being ourselves. We don't have any more power or less power than we did a million years ago. We're divine humans. And so this whole insanity around you have to do this or you have to do that. For this conversation, I prefer to drop just to be like a, a grown-ass man and be friends with everybody and listen to them from wherever they are coming from. And maybe they'll listen to me from wherever I'm coming from and come to modalities that work for this new earth that we're creating together. Yeah, we're going to grow the gold. That's what we do. When we listen to the wisdom of one another, we grow the gold. We, we help activate the alchemy within so we can learn and be out of our own little box. You know, one of the things I keep repeating, so it's going to be one of those things, it's like, oh, she's telling that tree story again. But I'm really appreciating the teachings of the partners with nature, Jim and Basha, in my classes with them. And they're talking about how the ecosystems within nature have these little like misshaped blobs all kind of coagulated together and that the best way for nature to be able to reinforce itself and grow to its full potential, it would be spirals just like that, that we use in the first permajam, that that spiral energy, that everything's moving in spirals and working together and working into the same creation, like making the butterfly, making the new earth, you know what I mean? But when we lock up and we're not willing to go into the spiral and just go with flow, then we get stuck sometimes in like a deathness, a heaviness, you know? So this is what's up, you know, keep it flowing like that. And uh, I know you're the king of the flow, Jay. So I got Schwartz. So thanks for being here today. I just want to thank you. And the way I'm closing it up is a sunshine song. So I'm asking you to just take a breath into this portal that we created so that we can keep it sacred, you know, and know that each time I meet with anybody, you know, we open up a sacred space in our hearts and that I want to be able to let that close up and be shared in a really good way that people hear what's intended and they understand that this is what hearts say when they feel safe and let your heart feel safe when you listen. So deep inhale to the belly. Exhale down. Get a nice straight back so you can feel the light come down to the crown, to the arch. May the long time sun shine upon her gift. All of love surround. And the pure light with angel. God, your way. God, your way. God, your way. Peace to all, love to all, light to all. May all of our obstacles be overcome with ease and grace. May we live and grow as one, just like the moon and the sun and the forest, in a great symphony, a harmony. Blessed be. Om. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Growisha, founder of Growing with the Seasons. Our new voice, Season 1, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, 
check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll save your soul. Rhythm in the middle